Welcome back to another episode of The World at Your Fingertips. What's up? Oh, uh, I came out. <laughs> my brother literally messaged me the other day and he was like, I like that every time you can feel the palpable awkwardness when we introduce the podcast. Yeah, I know. I think we need a new way of introducing it to not be so like, hi. Oh, hi. Hi, guys. It's Nicole. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel like we are the epitome of the. I, gave, I got my personality from the internet. Yeah, in, yeah in like podcast version. Yeah, yeah. podcast edition. And just like all the vibes. I've got osteoporosis. <laughs> I don't. Sorry. Sorry for anyone who does have that. It's a very serious genetic condition. Perfect. You get it from going in space. You know how your brain, your bone density decreases by fifteen percent every time you leave the atmosphere. I did. I I did not know that. Fifteen. That's quite a lot. It's a lot. That's why there's only. A certain amount of time you can go in space before you retire it's by um NASA or whatever. <laughs> like NASA or something. <laughs> or uh, Russian equivalent. <laughs> yeah. I did not know that, so thanks for that info. Awesome. Um little nugget of information for you guys, which is the case is called day. Absolutely nothing to do with our podcast <laughs> episode this week, but you know, it's good to know. Uh so on that note, before we delve into our topic, what are you drinking, Kate? I'm drinking ice cold, succulently, condensation wrapped. Pure emetic <laughs> condensation around. I was going to say wet, and that just made me like a bit. To be fair, that was quite. I feel like that's a really visual way of describing it. Yeah. People know what you mean. Well, it is a podcast. Mm-hmm. I am also having a ice cold condensed wrap. Condensed condensation wrap. <laughs> <laughs> oh god two sips and a beer yeah it's also like the hottest time ever so mm. the heat is probably getting to us more than we realize yeah. oh yeah actually another thing we're together again oh this yeah episode. Woo! but in a different location yeah i quite enjoy that we're we're traveling around but we're together yeah it's actually what it works oh, out so cute yeah. <laughs> i enjoy being <laughs> various like your con- condensation wrapping on me <laughs> stop and that's so weird because you guys can't see our interactions yeah this is different from our other it's like the opposite of a mime we're all audio and no action but a mime's all action and no audio so it's <laughs> the exact opposite of yeah. a mime <laughs> excellent oh, shit. that is our podcast in a nutshell not a mime. I feel like it's every podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was like the least original thing I've said. <laughs> I think um, it's pretty original. I'm not sure anyone else would have made that link on a podcast episode. A, because it's like low-key. Just change the name. Anti-mime. Yeah, anti-mime. Oh. Right, anyway, so we're eating a pan of strawberries from Waitrose. Waitrose, But it was like reduced from £2 to 89p. Bargain. Have you ever had those grapes that are like super sweet or like candy floss grapes? They're like grapes and they're flavoured like candy floss. If you guys know what I mean, get in touch because they're the best. I've only made it up. They're like the ultimate genetic mutation. I have not made it up. I'm Googling it right now. Candy floss grapes. What do they like inject candy floss flavouring? Look, candy floss grapes. Here we are. What? They are cotton candy grapes. Cotton candy grapes are a variety of sweet table grapes whose flavour have been whose. Whose flavour has been compared to cotton candy. The grapes were developed by Of course it's American. Got me uh, someone in California. Sorry. In fruit and others those blue sausage fruit. (laughs) 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 Concord grapes. 
uh, Tom Cord. I got strawberry um, juice on my skin. Yeah, I'm sorry, that was. That was very funny. Anyway. It looks as horrible as it sounds. Anyway, so this week we are looking at. I got my. Didn't find my notes quick enough. <laughs> so this week we're looking at the language of art. Now, I think this is one that could be like interpreted in those different ways because. I think that people could take that as being how art communicates and that might be traditional art or it could be different art forms. But we're not actually doing that. We're talking about how language can create barriers or bridges in art between different arts, between different cultures. And homogenised culture as well. Culture in inverted commas. Yeah. Because if everyone's watching English-based films, television, music, Mm -hmm. and that is what is linked to the mainstream and linked to when you're young growing up linked to the mainstream being cool yeah and what if you're from slovenia like our guest and you don't want to do that yeah and I, well, I think that so talking in the context of well film and music i'd say in particular in film hollywood was the sort of dominant international force behind the global film market which meant that because obviously hollywood's in america it was predominantly english speaking but that is changing. So in an, in an article I read, it's called Subtitles versus Dubbing, and it's the big business of translating foreign films in a post-parasite world. Which I is, hate dubbing. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not a fan of dubbing. But I think it'd be an interesting one to consider in this episode because it is something that's definitely becoming more of a trend. But yeah, in this article, Chris... Christ, Christ O'Fault. It's definitely not Christ, his name's Chris. Chris O'Fault, he describes this kind of new trend, I guess. He describes it as the world of localization. So it's like localizing these different. Localization, like we spoke on the other Oh, yeah. Oh, that's actually the same thing he's talking about. Oh my gosh, yeah. Which episode was that? That was Leah's. Yeah, it was. It was Leah's episode. Right, like, everyone listening, we connect things, like, literally don't get the connections until after we're speaking. We're like, oh my god, we're geniuses. Yeah. Everything connects, man. I also really enjoy connecting episodes, because yeah. that's just nice to have. And you guys can go listen to that episode, Modern Creativity with Leah Kiaren, which we also talk about modern creativity. And I suppose this is like a different vein of that. Rather than looking at creativity, it's looking at accessibility and how the accessibility works through the use of language, especially recently. I'm sure everyone would have heard of Parasite, the no, big, old, big old film that won Best Pictures here, which was a I big thing. I have seen it. Kate! Oh, oh my God. Actually, yeah, a few people, a few people close to me have not seen it, and it makes me quite sad because it's Brilliant. one of my favourite yeah. films. I really, really want to see it. It's just one of those things that when I sit down, usually I'm knackered, and I just want to watch it and watch it all. Well, this is something we're going to unpack because I think a lot of people feel like they don't want to watch something if they have to concentrate on the subtitles, which is why I think dubbing is becoming such a trend because people are able to not have to concentrate on the reading and they just listen to they just listen to it like as you would any other TV show or film which you speak the native language of. And so I think that's something that has really emerged, especially recently and kind of well, I say recently has always been emerging in, all over. But I think things like anime is becoming much more popular and that's dubbed over in English now and it's slightly easier because it's cartoon yeah but they have started dubbing things like Money Heist that's dubbed but Parasite was subtitled and it was the first foreign film or sorry first non-English speaking I think it's foreign film I suppose it's as titled but it's considered non-English speaking yes, it's foreign it's, uh, yeah no sorry yeah I was trying to think of the right way so a foreign film that is non-English speaking so a foreign film to America yeah. that's non-English speaking 
which is a whole other thing. Yeah, and it's, it's like all foreigners that don't speak English. <laughs> right, literally. And the first one that has won Best Picture, which is huge and has made a big impact on was so Chris O'Fault describes it as a turning point for the US market's attitude about foreign films and TV series in general. And also captured very well by the director himself, Bong Joon-ho, in his acceptance speech for the Golden Globes, where he won Best Foreign Film. I think that's the title of the Golden Globe one. Yeah. Best Film, not in, in English language. Mm-hmm. And he said, Once you overcome the one-inch tall barrier of subtitles, you'll be introduced to so many more amazing films. Just being nominated along with fellow amazing international filmmakers it was a huge honour. I think we use only just one language in the cinema. That is poetry to my ears yeah like i say i really don't like dubbing but that i think for me is because i'm having to read subtitles Mm. and so i don't like dubbing because then you don't get absorbed in the actor's natural language Mm. and that's where the emotion is like played on the voice like Mm -hmm. you get rid of all the voice acting of course you've got the face but when you have oh i have a good fact about dubbing so arnold schwarzenegger obviously he's austrian so he speaks german yeah. That's his first language, but they wouldn't let him do the German dubbed version of Terminator because he had, they had an Austrian accent. Yeah. And so it sounds like a farmer's to them. It's like a West Country accent is the Austrian compared to the high German accent. Yeah. And so they were like, no, we've already got someone who plays you in all your films. And he was like, but it's my first language. I could dub yeah. it. And they were like, no, we've got you, but just German you already. And they have specific actors who play each character the same in each actor. Like I think that's so interesting, and as well because sometimes high-profile actors will be asked to just do it in different languages. Like I'll never forget. I mean, that's, uh, he's not a high-profile actor actually. A high-profile person, Lewis Hamilton. Yeah. When he did Cars, he said in a Graham Norton interview, he was like, "Yeah, I did it in four languages." And so, so he cool. he sat and did it, and I mean, I don't think Wait, he had Lewis that. Hamilton did Cars. He was in Cars. He was in one. He, he, I think oh, he played so him, a sports car. Yeah. I think yeah. he played himself. Yeah. And I don't think he had many lines, but because of that, they said, okay, well, you can do it in four languages. So I think he did it in like French, Spanish, German, and English. I always think that's super interesting because you can do it in different languages. But I think that I mean, I suppose cartoons just like a different. Yeah, realm. I think it's a different stratosphere. Yeah. Because the thing I have is dubbing is it takes you out of it so much. And mm-hmm. that's what I think. And I know it's easier. Again, I'm going to invert comma the shit out of everything. Sorry. Yeah. But everything in inverted commas, that it's easier. But that's for like a very niche audience. I think I personally gain much more by listening to the actors act in their native tongue and listen to the inflections that they put on words, the passion that they put into their voice when they're acting, than by occasionally having to glance down and not seeing how it's framed with as much detail as I would an uh, English-speaking film. That's the only yeah. thing. So when something's really beautiful cinematically, I want to watch it, and, but I also want to understand it. Yeah. But then if you like translate that over to music as well, like you can dub music because, you know, it's yeah. all about the artist. So there's an article here from Globe, and it's titled How Music Breaks Down Language Barriers. And it's kind of how, I think music's obviously, it's different medium to film entirely. Yeah. So you perhaps don't need to concentrate on... Also, it's less passive, I guess, Yeah. than film. Yeah. Because film, you've got the visuals, you've got the audio, you're immersed in it, but music, you have to create your own visuals for yourself. Yeah, but I think the different cultural productions of music are so important in perhaps capturing different countries, different cultures, and perhaps in different languages, depending Mm -hmm. on, you know, if they're vocals and if they're in a different language. Music has so many layers. It's just audio that's not lyrics. Yeah. The lyrics are sit to a melody that has so much underneath it. So you think of Italy, you think of opera. Well, mm-hmm. I think of opera. I think Germany, I think rap music. But you get so much more viscerally by just listening to rap music, even if you don't understand the lyrics. Like, half yeah. the time I listen to rap music, 
and I haven't heard the lyrics either they're in English because I've literally like they're like and I'm just like cool it's okay but like you get viscerally the reaction in your body because you can feel the bass you can feel the melody you can feel all the different layers yeah and so it's much more already more universal language because it's just pure sounds yeah whereas culturally in film visuals are very specific to the culture and the place in which you film it yeah and so like I don't know Parasite but when I watch films based in Japan, I've never been there. So it already feels culturally distanced to me. So that's one yeah. degree of separation. Yeah. And then another dis- degree of separation would be the language. And another degree would be having to physically read the subtitles rather than watch the yeah. cinema. Yeah, I agree. I think it's interesting as well that, that there are some things that are just understood as being universal. So some things, some films and some music, things like Happy Birthday, for example, which I think yeah. Happy Birthday is a really good example because people sing it in all their different languages. It's not something that's just yeah. in English or, you know, but there are some films that are English speaking that are put above, I guess, a lot of international films. But I think that's changing and I think that's changing in music as well. I think international music and films are emerging in a much more sort of central dialogue of art and film and music globally which I think is really positive because I think like Bong Joon-ho said you know if you allow yourself to get over the language barrier you have access to so much more regardless of whether you're English speaking or if you're Bong Joon-ho if you're Korean speaking if you're German speaking if you're Japanese speaking if you get over that barrier I mean I suppose that he's I take it as him referring to English-speaking countries because they are the ones that are more stubborn in getting over the language barrier. But generally speaking, he's completely right, and that's absolutely mm-hmm. for like for every person in the world to get over that language barrier to then have such great access to so much more, which is something we're going to discuss a bit further with Luca. So without further ado, we shall introduce him. So hey, Luca. Hey. Hey, how you doing? Uh, yeah, I'm doing uh, fine, thank you. How about you? Yeah, good times, we're good. Oh, nice, nice. I've missed your sweet, sweet voice, my friend. <laughs> it's beautiful. Yeah. There's no way to compliment people. Um, without seeing them, without being super creepy. Just like, <laughs> oh, I wish we were together. Yeah, I mean, uh, a reunion would definitely be nice. Uh, uh, so before we start talking about our topic this week, Luca, can you tell us what you're drinking? Uh, I'm drinking like uh, homemade syrup from Spurs Branches. Uh, oh my god, what? That is the best drink we've had on here. Yeah, that's so That is so interesting. Did you make it or your family? Uh, no, I think my uh, grandma made it. It's good for a sore throat, but uh, you can just... Drink it whenever. Put a bit, yeah, you can put a, a bit of water in it and it's a good drink. Oh, no, it's so cool. Yeah. And we're just here like, yeah, we've got beer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I kind of tried to drink a bit less beer this summer. I drank a lot of beer, so no. <laughs> I guess I've got to say I tried, but in reality, I was just like, yeah, hot weather equals beer. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, I still drink beer, but I drank one and a half today already, so uh, we, were, we were at the lake, so it was definitely a place for a beer. Lake Blood. Uh, no, Lake Bachin, a bit further from Bled. Uh, In Lake Bled is the only lake I know in Slovenia, so I was really like putting all my cards on the table there. Yeah, I mean, Lake Bachin is the other famous lake in Slovenia, and the, it is close to Bled. You mentioned there that uh, you're from Slovenia. Yeah, yeah. So tell us a bit about yourself and uh, what you do, and yeah, just tell us a bit about yourself. Well, my name is Luca. <laughs> uh, and 
I'm currently starting my second year master's in mechanical engineering. Otherwise, I like climbing and alpinism and other various sports and also uh, guitar playing, hanging around with friends, doing podcasts, yeah. everything, you know. I, uh, I just like doing things in nature with people I like, so... But I think everyone likes that, so nothing really yeah. special. I feel like doing things in nature in Slovenia is so much better than doing things in nature in Lincoln in the UK. <laughs> so Luca and I met on a youth exchange that I went on with ESN UK, and yeah. you were with Club Student Frank. Yeah, oh, nice, yeah. nice, nice. Huh? I got huh. a t-shirt. I'm literally wearing the t-shirt that you oh, really? gave me for that. Nice. Yeah. Not right now. Nice, nice. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say I was like looking at you like that. Yeah. No, I didn't do that. I literally wore it like But yeah, so we met on a youth exchange and fell in love and it's a beautiful story. I'm joking. I know you have to <laughs> 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 no. I fell in love and Luke rejected me. No. Uh, <laughs> There's many the... versions of the story. Uh, no, no. no, but we had a had a really, really good time. Yeah. We became so like the youth exchange was like a bit more than a weekend we really became uh, good friends, I think. And so I roped you in to helping, helping or featuring you on podcasts now. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. (laughs) So we're talking a bit about language in art today. And so your English is like really good. So can you tell us how, like, how you learn English? Was it school? Uh, Why you're interested in speaking English? Is there any kind of particular... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, 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 I, yeah. Yeah. Into speaking, into learning English as well as uh, speaking. I mean, thanks for your compliments, but uh, <laughs> I've mostly learned English like passively. I think yeah. it's because I started when I was really young. I watched like Cartoon Network and played video games and everything. They spoke English, you know. It wasn't Slovenian dubbed, but. Uh, it was English and I like listened to it and picked up on it a bit. At first, you don't understand the words, but then you kind of uh, hear them a lot, put them in a context, maybe ask someone to tell you what this means. Uh, and in Slovenia, we also start learning English pretty soon. It's like in fourth grade of elementary school. So like I think everyone in Slovenia speaks at least basic English. It's really emphasized on and I think it's practical because everywhere around Europe you go you speak I mean around the world you kind of get by with English and when you try to do research for university and everything uh, if you want to read any paper it's usually in English and I, I don't know my grandmama was also an I mean she still is but retired an English teacher uh, so maybe it's a bit like genetic. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, we had some learning lessons, so she gets some credit, but not too much. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, but I think it's mostly cartoons and video games, and then the internet and everything. Did you find that confusing when you were younger? Because the same things weren't available in the language everyone was speaking around you. Like, was that confusing? Yeah, definitely, definitely. You start, when you learn a language, just the starting phrases and the beginner level language. 
and just still don't understand that much. But I guess now it's been so many years that I don't really remember how it was in the beginning, actually, because now it just comes so naturally. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it was definitely difficult in the beginning. But I just think the important part is like the passive exposure to the language, even if you don't really know what the words mean. If you still watch consistently watch a cartoon or when you watch movies and TV shows and everything, you're exposed to the language. And I think that kind of subconsciously makes you better at understanding it. Yeah, I think it's the exposure to a language and definitely English is kind of a worldwide language and with Hollywood and everything. I mean, it would be really hard for a person to not be exposed to some kind of media in English language. Yeah, definitely. So like for context, what is the like Slovenian television industry like? Oh, television, film, music. Is there like a lot of funding for Slovenian language film and music or does it predominantly deal with like imports and on television? Did it show like imported shows and films and stuff? I don't watch a lot of television, but I mean, you have Slovenian movies, but it's harder for a Slovenian movie to be really popular. Some movies are made, but they just don't get the public popularity. But some Slovenian movies are good. There's also a lot of Slovenian documentaries on TV, which are also really good. There's like but, documentary, the main, like really popular genre. Yeah, I mean, like informative TV shows, like in Slovenia, that they research something around the country or somewhere. But yeah, I think the Hollywood movies and shows are a bit more dominant, except maybe on the national television, which has quality shows and documentaries, but I would say they're not as popular as their blockbuster counterparts. So you're saying that, that the blockbuster films tend to be more popular. Would you say they're predominantly English-speaking then? Because you said like blockbuster, would yeah, you say yeah, they're yeah. mainly English-speaking ones? So do you, is there any kind of exposure from other languages or is it just English? I mean, you have... On some TV channels, you definitely have French movies or I don't know why I said French, but I meant <laughs> like movies in other languages, like white movies. And they are quality movies, you know. And probably I know people watch them, you know, when they watch TV, but they don't get really popular or people don't talk about them that much, you know. People say, have you seen the new Avengers movie and discuss it? But yeah. not not a lot of people say, oh yeah, I saw this cool French documentary on the national TV last night and that the whole, I don't know, class or a friend group would see the movie and talk about it. Maybe, I don't know, my mom would tell me she saw an interesting documentary last night and we talk about it. Yeah. Uh, so do you think, yeah. so you obviously you said like about things being popular. Do you think it is like English content is more popular with younger people than it is older people in Slovenia? Yeah, I would definitely say that. I mean, you still have 
uh, some Slovenian movies that are like really popular and there are really classic Slovenian movies and also good ones, but a lot of them are a bit older, I think. A really famous Slovenian movie is Kikats. It's about like a shepherd in the mountains and he has some crazy adventures with some people there. It's really weird when I talk about it, <laughs> but <laughs> it's, uh, it's Slovenian classic really, but it's like, I don't know, I'm checking it out right now. Yeah, it's, we got it up as well. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, 70 years old, the first movie, and there are like yeah. three of them. Yeah, but everyone knows that movies, even the younger people. That's and interesting it's... as well, because they tend to be older films, and perhaps that could be because in terms of budget or the, sort of the size of the industry, obviously Hollywood is just insanely, or has, well, it still is, but, you know, the rest of the world is growing with it, but Hollywood is an insanely large Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's hard to compete with that much money being put into like films that are specifically meant to do well all over the world. Like they're not targeted specifically to an American audience. They're intended to go across the world and like a Disney or Marvel put so yeah, much yeah. money into putting it like international marketing. Like they focus on it so much. Yeah. But I guess yeah. for like homemade Slovenian films, their first port of call is in how well is it going to be anywhere else? Because it's not, I guess language. Yeah, see, because I think this is quite interesting. I, I don't know what you think about this, Nika, but I read an article called Lost in Translation, and it's from the uh, British publication, The Guardian, and it's basically talking about when filmmakers hit the language barrier. So like you said, Kate, with, with the encouragement from Hollywood for those filmmakers to make films that are targeted at the whole world, I think lots of other individual film industries from different countries think, okay, well, my film will be more popular if I make it not in my native speaking language, but make it in English. And there are quite a few directors who have not been so successful doing that. So Wong Kar Wai was one who was a Hong Kong director. He did loads of Hong Kong films uh, in Cantonese, and then he made an English language film that didn't do as well. But then there are exceptions. Do you know Yorgos Lanthimos, Luca? Yeah, yeah, I saw the movie Slobster and uh, The Favourite. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Because he's an exception because he directed Greek language films and they weren't quite as popular. But then his films, The Lobster and obviously The Favourite, did really, really well and they weren't in his native language. Yeah. And so I think it's really interesting that there are exceptions or there's, so we're talking about the Korean director, Bong Joon-ho, with his film Parasite, and how he has films which have English speaking in them, but his most successful one, clearly, is a film that's fully in Korean. So I think it's a really interesting topic and why that there's such a different understanding of how these films can be successful and whether that's because of the language or it's because of the native culture that the director is capturing i guess the audience has such a big role because they've got to watch it and interpret it there's like another wave of interpretation when the audience understands what's being shown on screen so i guess that goes into like genre as well because if it's a weird film it gives more freedom for it to be interpreted in a weird way to be successful but if it's like an action film people want brainless action 
guns, fire. Whereas if it's like a weird indie film like The Lobster, mm-hmm. it makes it, I think it makes it better because they're all weird characters speaking not as naturally as you would in your native language. So it kind yeah. of adds to the genre the fact that there's like a disconnect between the fluency in which you speak in your native language than if you're speaking in a foreign language. The Lobster, I think it doesn't... Okay, it is a bit connected to the native language, but you even, you know, you have Colin Farrell acting in it and he, like, knows how to speak English, you know? But I think it was meant for the vibe of the movie that it's, like, a bit creepy and people talk that way. But I guess the director thought of that, you know, it was his idea to just put it in a perspective uh, to, like, create an ambient with that. It's really dissonant, creepy ambience, yeah. So, like, when you're watching, the only, like, thing I've been able to understand when I was listening to it and watching it without subtitles is this one TV show about World War II that was born in German. Which is great. It's called Generation War and it was on Netflix. It's so, so Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I also saw that. Like a mini series. Yeah, like, it's like three, three parts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's so good, right? But that also, I guess, has like a universal language of everyone has in Europe some degree of knowledge about World War Two. Yeah. So, yeah. the yeah. minutia wasn't needed to like be explained to me because I got that, oh, now we're entering Poland. I knew the chronology of what happened in Poland yeah. during World War II. So, I didn't need to have a complex idea explained to me. I just need to get the emotion from the characters, which again, doesn't necessarily need language all the time. Yeah. There's like a sense of familiarity that like rings out on the screen for people, whether that be through language or it could, in this case, be through historical memory. Yeah. And context. Yeah. But do you have like a favourite genre, Luca, that you watch in English or in German or whatever other language in Slovenian? It's hard to me to pick a single movie genre because if good would be a movie genre, that's... (laughs) the one I would pick. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I definitely like dramas and thrillers and adventures, even comedies. Mm-hmm. But most of the time, for a comedy, you don't say that was a really, really quality movie. I think with drama, it's easier to make the audience think and everything. So... Uh, uh, I, I find it so hard because obviously... Like Molly, you speak you speak Italian. Yeah. I speak. I used to speak better German, and now I don't speak any German. And like, it's interesting that as like two English people, it's just it's not expected of us. There's not much pressure to be able to indulge in another country's culture or another language's culture. Mm. Like yeah. for you, there's like someone would ask you, "Oh yeah, the Avengers movie," like you said, and yeah. you're expected to know about that, even though it's not in your first language. But for us it'd be very niche, unless it's like Parasite, which is now in the mainstream. It'd be very, like, no one would ask me, like, have you watched this obscure Latvian film? Even if the movie is in a different language, most of the time you still have subtitles and everything. So language isn't that much of a problem. But I think that because most known Slovenian films are a bit older, it's because in those times the internet and everything didn't exist 
entire country wasn't exposed. I mean, the whole world wasn't as connected. Yeah. So if a Slovenian director made a movie, most people in Slovenia watched it. It was like, oh, cool, a new movie, it's in cinema. But I mean, America and is like a larger country and so more movies are produced. And when you get so many Hollywood movies coming out every year, the Slovenian movies that come out, uh, it's harder for them to compete on the market because they don't have the budget, they don't have the numbers and everything. Maybe that's why the newer films aren't as popular, or maybe that's why filmmaking industry in Slovenia isn't that weak, you know? Yeah, I think that the counter to that is perhaps music and how that translates, (laughs) because I think that there are a lot of different international artists that are widely known and commonly known, and I think that music is completely different. It's got similar barriers within it, but I think there's it's more of a bridge of different like languages than it is a barrier because you don't need to engage with reading subtitles, you just engage yeah, with the melody yeah. of the music and what that can create. I don't know, do you listen to a lot like what kind of music do you listen to? Uh, I think with music the language has a bigger role than in films, I think. Because not really the understanding of the language, but the language itself, you know, because movies are a combination of visual and audio input. How would I say that? But with music, it's only you're just listening to the words and uh, the instruments. So if the poet decides to write a song in English or in Slovenian or any other language, it means something. It really adds something to the interpretation of the song itself. Because maybe if a movie is in Slovenian or in uh, English, I would like focus also on the characters, not maybe which language they are speaking, but how do they act, the visual effects, the camera angles and everything. But with music, you just, you know, you just listen. But maybe the understanding of the language isn't that important because even if I hear a song in Italian, I mean, humans, we are intuitive beings, I would say, and you kind of feel the message of the song, I think. Yeah, uh, definitely. Like yeah. you literally said, it. The words are important in terms of how they fit with the music and how it like mm. helps to tell a story. But it yeah. doesn't necessarily have to be a story that you understand through language and words. It's a story you understand through how the music makes you feel and how the beat interacts with the words. Mm. And that's a whole yeah. different kind of language rather than just literally what does that word mean? Because most of yeah. it is like figurative language. Anyway. Yeah, maybe sometimes just like how the words flow yeah that that kind of adds to the song you know do you also have examples when this kind of intuition can be misleading like the song uh, heya from outcast it really has like a bit tempo and it's like cheery and happy but if you really listen to the lyrics they are like a bit pessimistic yeah. yeah i think that can kind of play a part in 
the use of language, whether that be some bad language or derogatory language, that if people don't know the language, they're singing along with us, trying to sing along and maybe saying things that aren't sort of acceptable to say or things that they don't understand. It can sometimes be quite strange and perhaps even jarring as well. I know that I've felt that way about when I listened to other music. So I had an Italian exchange and he was really into Italian rap. And I would be like listening to it and then we would talk about what it meant and he would tell me, explain to me what it meant and it would completely change my perception. And then on the flip side, we would listen to Frank Ocean, listen to Channel Orange, and he would ask me what the songs meant because he wouldn't understand the English meaning. And especially because obviously a lot of the songs are so lyrical that sometimes it's not absolutely clear what they mean. Mm. So, for example, Bad Religion by Frank Ocean, trying to explain that and what that means is quite difficult yeah. because, it's, yeah. um, because it's not completely clear. I guess that shows the benefit of having that conversation. Like We would never have that conversation. Like, yeah. What does this mean? Unless I was in like GCC English. It's like, yeah. what does this film mean? That is shows like the benefit of having someone who understands the world in a different language because yeah. then suddenly it makes you contemplate what you've learned and how you learn. Mm. Like Luca, like, how do you think that affected you when you were like growing from a young person to an adult, having the influence, such a strong influence from not just Slovenia but from media and culture from like around the world, probably more than we did, I expect. Mm. Yeah. I mean, everything just sort of blends around and you try to take the best of everything you know i also listen to english songs to slovenian songs it doesn't have to it doesn't have to be a hindrance to you it's something that it's it is accessible and it yeah. can be successful it, <laughs> it, it is accessible and it's something that can be accessible from anywhere it doesn't necessarily mean that you need to know what it means word for yeah. word but if it's something that you connect with and you enjoy but i kind of feel like i i wish i had that growing up when i was like someone exposed me to german rap music i mean so <laughs> yeah. but like i learned it when i was younger because then that is a whole different type of expressing yourself you just get so much more information and so much more content whereas because english is our first language we typically yeah. stick with English made stuff and things in English. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's more likely that someone whose English isn't their first language will come across English than if English is your first language to come across a different language or something. Yeah, yeah I agree with that, but uh, I haven't really thought about that, how uh, knowing the English language shaped me as a person. So. It's it's kind of hard to answer that, but uh, it's definitely made my life a bit easier because the more you know, the more uh, the more you know how to search for information, the more resourceful you can be. You know. I think we're living in like a really interesting time as well because I think particularly during COVID nineteen and particularly in lockdown, there was a lot of there was a big sense of coming together and like different nations coming together. Like on this podcast. Oh, hey. Yeah, yeah. So, but as well, like, great example. Well. <laughs> yeah, literally. But actually, even again, this is kind of linking. Uh, I don't know if you heard this, Uga, but Lady Gaga did uh, like One World Together at Home event online. 
where she basically just had loads of different artists from all around the world playing live on this long live stream music. Oh, really? And I thought it was really, really, a really great way of broadcasting all different music from all different countries. And on top of that, streaming sites like Netflix have lots of different content from different countries. And I know that over lockdown, everyone's talking about Money Heist. It was a really popular show that was dubbed in English and people are taking advantage of the fact that they've, they're on lockdown and they can discover more beyond the borders of English speaking art, I guess, which yeah. I think actually has been more positive than I think I well, once thought about, I guess. Yeah. Lockdown, at least for me, and I know for a lot of people, has just made me slow down. Like, everything isn't at 100 miles per hour, or kilometers yeah, yeah, yeah. per hour if you're on mainland Europe. Or <laughs> 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 no, but like, it gives you time to sort of put more energy into things that usually you're too tired or too brain dead or too burnt out to take notice of. It's a big difference between you, Luca, whether you're, like, in terms of energy it takes you to listen to it, or watch it if it's in English or Slovenian, or is it quite similar for you? Uh, I think it's quite similar. I watch so many movies and uh, series in English, so it doesn't really matter that much. Maybe speaking it, because I'm not so used to it, it's a bigger effort. I have to think a bit more. But with uh, watching and reading stuff online, not really. Most of the times when I watch a movie, I have uh, Slovenian subtitles. So yeah. I don't You're so really... talented, Lisa. <laughs> uh, thank you, thank you. I generally <laughs> feel that a little bit. I do really, really appreciate people who can speak multiple languages and well and like it's normal. Like, I think it's something that we're really, we don't have the access to here because I think that English is expected to be such a universal language that a lot of people just expect everyone to speak it everywhere, which I think is incredibly ignorant. Yeah, it's just not prioritised. Yeah, and so I, yeah, I, I wish that languages and learning languages was higher up on the agenda at school because it's not really here, which is just such a massive shame. So I think it's important because it's it's granting you access to so many different cultures in a completely different way to how you would experience them just speaking English. Yeah. Does that make sense? Definitely. Yeah, it, it definitely makes sense, but I don't really blame you guys for not knowing any other languages. I mean, I wouldn't say that's like ignorant, but I think you just, you know, lucky that English is the language of the world and not Slovenian. Yeah, that's I mean, true. If, Everyone in the, almost all the people in the world would be speaking Slovenian. I would probably be a lot less motivated to learn English and probably we wouldn't learn English in school, you know. It's just, I guess, English is a language that's kind of accessible and easy to learn for everyone, at least the basics. I totally get that you don't really have the need to learn other languages then. Yeah, I mean, I, I learned Italian anyway because I wanted to. Yeah. Because I thought it was, again, it was a kind of thing of me thinking, well, I want to be able to learn a different language so I can go there and I can speak it. Or if there are yeah, yeah, here, I can speak it with them. And yeah. It's, I just don't think it should be accepted that, but, well, I don't think it should be expected that so many English people can just speak English and expect everyone else to respond. It's... Like maybe if we talk online and uh, 
if other people come to uh, UK and talk English, I mean, that's not really anything wrong with it. But maybe if you would come to Slovenia, maybe everyone would be pleasantly surprised if you learned some uh, Slovenian phrases and like to try to speak the language. But it wouldn't really be like that big a deal. Definitely, if you like a culture, country, and everything, the language, definitely learn it. But I still think that the main point of language is to communicate with others, you know? And if we speak English and you speak English, it's perfectly adequate to express ourselves in English, you know? Yeah. You guys came to Slovenia. I was like, yeah, book train. Yeah. Train, train, train. I mean, I'm here, you know. You can come <laughs> but yeah. I'm leaving on the 25th of August, so you have to hurry up. Well, we'll catch you in yeah. Denmark. If not, like, I'll just come to Denmark. Yeah. So we'll catch you in Denmark. Yeah. Oh, but like, for for example, now that I'm going to Denmark, I don't know how much the Danish I'll actually learn. You know. Because my lessons will be in English. I assume most of the people in Denmark speak English. I will have like flatmates from around Europe and we will probably speak English. So maybe it will be a bit overwhelming for me to like commit myself to learning Danish. I'll probably learn the, some phrases and some sentences but definitely not like the whole language, you know. And it's nice for me to try a bit, but I don't think people there will expect that I will fluently speak their language. I mean, that's hard. And I think the agreement that like English is the language to communicate with, I don't see, I think it's kind of practical, you know, that all the world kind of decided that English is the language and that's kind of practical so that so many people from so many different countries can communicate with one another. Yeah, definitely. You know, that's that's really nice. Yeah, it's like what you said earlier. It's like you have to be immersed in a language. You have to have people around you who are speaking it or like the internet that is supporting you in keeping up that skill or even learning that skill. Like when I did my exchange in Germany, I mean, I went with, like, no knowledge of German, which in itself was, like, stupid. But, like, I didn't know anyone. No one in my family speaks a different language. Like, not any yeah. language. Everyone just speaks English, apart from, like, a little bit of Romany. But, like, when I went to Germany, I took night classes. But, of course, I was living in Germany, so you use it every day. I was watching German media because that's what I was studying, even though I was studying yeah. in English. And I had a German boyfriend at the time. So literally... It was so like immersed in the German language that it was so much easier. But as soon as I came back to to England, I was literally like, "What's Germany?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's so easy to happen. Yeah, the same when I was yeah, in Italy, really, it was the exact really. same thing. You just like I would think in Italian, I would be thinking in the language, and I'm like, "Oh, that's new." Yeah, and then but then yeah, you're then you come back, and it's yeah, I completely agree. It's about being in this, your surroundings as well. It can have such an impact. We're just so good with like art because then that is literally on your laptop where like the majority of people our age spend the majority of their day 
there's yeah. so much English content or content from different languages that is so good for supporting someone who wants to learn English, but it's not quite in the UK anyway. Uh, vice versa yeah it's mm. very much still focused on english even though there's so much information out there in different countries like it's still very uh, much like no i'll wait for an english person to write about it rather than to read a news article in german or lebanese or whatever yeah yeah there are a lot of levels of english you know yeah you yeah. can just have the basic language skills and you can still like communicate with everyone and uh, everyone understands you but you know there's also another level to english with all the fancy sophisticated words and everything yeah but i must say i really like uh, listening to different english accents it's really like a real okay. song for my ears yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> we were talking movies before when i watch i don't know guy richie movies and there are like people with the english accent it's really it's really cool listening to it well i mean i think we should probably end it there i think it's been such an interesting discussion about how how language can it well it can create barriers where people let it i think but actually it can really bridge different cultures to it can bridge cultures to different cultures and it can bridge different countries together. And yeah. I think that there's I think that what Bong Jun Ho said about in his acceptance speech for the Golden Globe, saying that in the context of film, once you overcome that one inch tall barrier of subtitles, you'll be introduced to so many more amazing films. And I think it's the same with getting over hearing a different language and songs and the access to so many different forms of art out there regardless of perhaps what language they're in or what culture they're in it's just infinite and i think it's really important that people explore that and yeah, yeah so i yeah. just wanted to say thank you so much Luca, because it's been really interesting to hear your perspective and how that's had a part in your life of you know consuming films and music and how it's also helped your own understanding of english as well yeah and how that doesn't really isn't a thing for us as much so it's hard for us to it's interesting for us i think that we're hearing that from you and you're just like yeah whatever i just speak like two languages whatever and we're like oh my god <laughs> that's, that's so amazing cool. it's great but it is so interesting that once you just shift your priorities slightly in what's your priority like being a passive watcher of films or something and making things easy for yourself Whereas putting in a tiny bit more effort and you'll unlock the rest of the world, essentially, that is the rest of the non-English speaking world. Mm. And it's just people's priorities. And we've seen that in lockdown that has shifted so much that people are engaging with things that are not the usual because they've been giving more time and a different yeah, perspective on the world. The virus really made everything slow down. And uh, I think it would, be better for everyone's mental health to slow down a bit every now and then because if you uh, just hurry around everywhere sometimes things just happen to you and you don't have enough time to reflect on them I feel but, a little bit like you just happened my entire life <laughs> so that's fine no, yeah, I, I mean, I, I really get that because sometimes I have a lot going on and I'm like, oh, why can't I just 
lie in bed, you know, yeah, uh, and just uh, have nothing happen to me. But you know, you kind of have to have a bit of everything. But yeah, yeah really, thank thank you for having me. It's oh, been a pleasure. A pleasure to speak yeah. to you, as always, Luca. Thank you so much for coming on and talking to us. And thank you to everyone listening this week. And we'll see you next week.